This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, remember these Border Patrol guys on the horses and their whips? They're awesome. Remember what a big story this was? How they told us that these great officers were abusing those poor immigrants? I looked at these pictures and videos. It took me 10 minutes to determine nothing like that's happening. They're professionals. They know what they're doing. They're riding the horses, and they weren't abusing anyone. I knew it right away. It took the government almost a year to come to the same conclusion. Despite initial appearances, after a careful review and analysis of videos, photos, and eyewitness accounts, this included an interview with a photographer on the scene and other members of the media, OPR found no evidence Border Patrol agents involved in this incident struck any person with their reins intentionally or otherwise. All right, what took you so long? This happened in September of last year. That's almost one year ago. And they put it out on a Friday. They don't want anybody to know the truth here, right? They're downplaying it. Because after all, the media, they're very disappointed in these findings. Remember how they hyped this? What we have seen was cruel, inhumane, and a violation of domestic laws and international laws. You can't whip people's ass with a whip or a rein and say you're doing your job simply because your job gets difficult. We saw horrifying footage emerging uh, of mounted patrol people trying to corral Haitian immigrants. I think um, the reason that we're not seeing more help, if I'm going to be frank about it, is because they're Haitian. Oh, yes, of course. It was racism. No, it wasn't. These guys didn't even have whips. Nobody knew what they were talking about, and they still don't. But they got a problem. The administration does because Joe Biden, do you remember how mad he was? And he demanded a certain outcome in this case. Remember? It was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped. It's outrageous. I promise you, those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. 
incredibly unprofessional and just not smart. He did not know how to evaluate those pictures, people being strapped. Nobody was being strapped. So the president says that they know the truth. What do they do? Well, first, they drag their feet. They hope everybody forgets, but we don't forget So they put a bureaucrat out front to kind of confuse the issue. This is the briefing today. Classic bureaucratic language. CBP's Office of Professional Responsibility, which is known as OPR, initiated this administrative investigation on September the 20th, 2021. This was one day after the incident. In accordance with policy, OPR immediately referred this investigation to the DHS Office of Inspector General, OIG. Now, consistent with CBP policy on You see what's happening? They're kicking this hot potato all over the government. Nobody wants to touch it because they know they didn't do anything wrong. Following the U.S. Attorney's decision, OPR completed its administrative investigation and issued its final report to CBP leadership on April the 11th. April the 11th. Okay, that was three months ago. (laughs) Three months ago, these guys move very, very slowly. It's incredible. Again, they didn't do anything wrong when it came to those people. There was no whipping. There was no whips, okay? All right? But they have to get them on something, right? After all, the President of the United States said someone's going to pay. And by the way, when did this happen? September of last year. What was going on? The events that were investigated occurred during a mass migration surge near the International Bridge in Del Rio last September, when approximately 30,000 migrants entered or attempted to enter the United States. Remember that? That surge? Haitians coming in because they received a signal from the administration. They reasonably thought they might be welcomed and they surged the border. And what was that signal? There was all kinds of policy signals. And then Joe Biden himself, when he was uh, campaigning, when he was president. How about this? What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. Yeah. All right. So Joe is responsible for all that. And these poor Border Patrol agents, what have they been through over the past nearly one year? How about this? Horse Patrol Unit personnel carried out an operation at the request of the Texas Department of Public Safety that directly conflicted with Border Patrol operational objectives. Yeah, what was the federal government's objective, right? I think it might have been to let them in, right? I mean, that seems to be their policy, open border policy. But again, these guys did not do anything wrong. OPR's review of the Horse Patrol Unit training documents did not reveal any specific guidance on twirling of the reins for any purpose. Wait a second. They did do something wrong. They didn't whip anybody, but they twirled the reins. They did twirl. They did not whip. Did we just have a 10-month investigation, a 500-page report because of twirling? You know, right off the bat, twirling is fine. Now, One guy apparently is in trouble, not for twirling, not for whipping, but for name calling. 
a determination was made that one agent acted in an unprofessional manner by yelling, denigrating, and offensive comments regarding a migrant's national origin and gender. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Is that why the president was yelling his head off? Because somebody 10, uh, 1,500 miles away called somebody a name? Talk about making something a federal case. A federal case. That's what the federal government does, right? To exaggerate or build up the importance of something. So somebody called somebody a name. Now, we do know Joe Biden's very, very sensitive about that. He told us as soon as he became president, actually, that he would not stand for any kind of name calling or abuse at the office. But I'm not joking when I say this. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot. On the spot. No ifs, ands, or buts. Everybody, everybody is entitled to be treated with decency and dignity. Damn it. <laughs> Have some dignity, damn it. This guy doesn't know what he's talking. He does not practice what he preaches. Oh, no. In the, the same camp. No, uh, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Wow. You know, the horse guy should be fired. He should be fired. That's breaking all kinds of rules in the office. You can't talk like that. This has been documented, by the way, even by the fake news. The New York Times, beneath Joe Biden's folksy demeanor, a short fuse and an obsession with details. Uh, a president with a short fuse, meaning he blows his top pretty easily. Next, please. It says that Biden hangs up the phone on someone who he thinks is wasting his time. That's not very nice. Also, most describe Mr. Biden as having little patience for advisors. Okay, this is the fake news. So they kind of treated it gently, but you can tell he's a hothead. We've all seen it. It's really, really um, unfortunate and unpresidential. Oh, by the way, I think he might have been yelling last night because he was out of gas when they asked him about the great former prime minister who was killed in Japan, Shinzo Abe. Mr. President, what does Prime Minister Abe's death last night say about the security situation in Japan? And can you give us an update on your thinking about lifting China tariffs, please? Let me, uh, I, uh, I tried to put a call in to, uh, to the present prime minister. Uh, and uh, he was very late there at night. I'll be talking there in the morning. I'm going to be stopping to sign the condolence book at the Japanese embassy on the way to the CIA. Oh, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to make it. I don't know. He's exhausted from getting up from that little table. This is not good. Hey, by the way, Shinzo Abe, huh? The former prime minister shot and killed uh, in a town about six hours outside of Tokyo giving a speech. And uh, terrible, 67 years old. He was uh, conservative. He was tough on China, very brave. 
and a friend of Trump's, a genuine friendship, not just, you know, two leaders going through the formalities, but real, true friends. Uh, a lot of bonding on the golf course. Very sad situation over there. And uh, hey, it got me thinking. I've been to Japan a couple of times. It's a remarkable place, a fascinating culture. And one thing that they're different from us in so many ways, but uh, they take even the smallest job very, very seriously. They pursue excellence in no matter what they're doing. Here, we all have big dreams, some of us, right? Take this guy. He drives... Well, whatever that thing is, what do they call those? Rickshaws or something like that. In America, we have something similar, but they're just not as, uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's just not the same. And when it comes to fast food, and I love fast food, uh, in Japan, you know, the burgers, they look like they do in the advertisements. I mean, everything is perfect. Everything is clean. Uh, I do like American fast food, but it doesn't look like it does on the menu if you know what I mean. One small thing about Japan that I, that I appreciate. All right. Hey, one more thing about Joe uh, shooting his mouth off, virtue signaling about abortion. Uh, he spoke uh, very angrily and he signed some literally phony executive orders that have no role, no bearing. Uh, the Supreme Court did not say it's illegal to, tra to travel from one state to another for an abortion. He tried to codify that. His comments were... I think pretty divisive. In the aftermath of the Supreme Court's terrible, extreme, and I think so totally wrongheaded decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, extreme Republican governors, extreme Republican state legislators, and Republican extremists in the Congress overall, all of them have not only fought to take away the right, the, our rights, but they're now determined to go as far as they can. The court and its allies are committed to moving America backwards with fewer rights, less autonomy. We cannot allow an out-of-control Supreme Court working in conjunction with extremist elements of the Republican Party to take away freedoms. He sounds like a lobbyist for Planned Parenthood, okay? It's all right if you are a full-time abortion rights activist to talk like that. Not if you're the president of the United States. Not when half the country disagrees with you. And not when you pledged that solemn, sacred oath, Joe, do you remember that you would do everything that your soul could muster, something like that, to bring this country together? Do you remember? Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. He didn't forget. He just never meant it in the first place. Stay with us. Emmett Till, the civil rights icon, uh, savagely murdered so many years ago. Now, a key witness in that case is being sought after. She's in her late 80s, and they're trying to find her in various nursing homes. It's very, very disturbing stuff. New details in the Emmett Till case. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. 
That's shopify.com slash system. All I, All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And the fake news, two, two major cover-ups they've been engaged in at least. But when it comes to Joe Biden, the first one, everybody in Washington knew for decades that Joe Biden was shallow, vapid, didn't know anything, just a silly guy that nobody took seriously. And that was very apparent right after he got to the United States Senate. I mean, he advertised it himself. This is 1974. Joe is 32 years old, although he keeps referring to himself as 29. He's 32. Take a look at this uh, cocky young politician. I wonder if you'd say to us, since it's clear that you're not corrupt and you got elected, why should people think that the system produces corrupt results when there you are? Well, I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt, but I thank you for that, though. And unless you happen to be some sort of anomaly, like myself, being a 29-year-old candidate and can attract some attention beyond your own state, it's very difficult to raise that money from a large group of people. I am an anachronist. I'm a 29-year-old oddball. The only reason I was able to raise the money is I was able to have a national constituency to run for office. Because I was 29, I'm like the token black or the token woman. I was the token young person. Isn't it kind of astounding that he became president? I mean, really. And they all knew. They all knew he was a clown. But they found it somehow endearing. I never did. I remember this. I've done some dumb things. I'll do dumb things again. Oh, yes, you will. Uh, That was back in 87 after he got caught lying and plagiarizing at a drop out of the race. Back then, the media kind of took him on, but not really. And all during the campaign, it was pass after pass after pass. Joe, look at this. In the heart of the campaign in 2020, all right, just a couple of uh, months before the election, listen to how they treated him. When you hear these remarks, suckers, losers, recoiling from amputees, what does it tell you about President Trump's soul and the life he leads? Last night, President Trump mocked you for wearing a mask and said that this is a sign that you must have some, quote, big issues. I wonder if you worry that this kind of language that comes from the president of the United States could deter some Americans who are tuning into him to not wear masks. He asked you about another thing the president said last night. He once again suggested to his supporters that they should consider voting twice if they're in one of those states that can allow you to request an absentee ballot. Just curious what you make of it. Basically, their questions were, President Trump is awful. How awful do you think he is? Tell us more. This is after we knew all about Hunter doing business in Ukraine and China. And then later, uh, shortly thereafter, we found out about the laptop. Now they denied it, denied it, denied it. Remember this. That laptop has now been confirmed by their beloved New York Times, okay? It's the real deal, and it's incriminating. There is some bad stuff in there, yet Joe can go in front of the world's media confident that he will not be asked about this. It's amazing. Even today, he's one of all those reporters, and nobody, nobody asks him anything about that laptop. I mean, isn't that an issue right now? Every single day, sir. Aren't you kind of compromised? Are you afraid that our enemies have this material as well? And who knows what else? There are a lot of questions that could be asked, but no. And I think you could use this possibly as your news hook. 
Hunter Biden is showing up more and more. Here he is on Easter Sunday at the White House. Uh, he was there on the 4th of July for the fireworks. And at the Medal of Freedom ceremony, he was working the room. What's he doing there? Looking for business? How is he making money these days? Is it all through that painting? I mean, come on, come on. What's happening here? These are legitimate questions we should know. Somebody should be asking them. Uh, all right. Emmett Till, civil rights icon. This young man was killed brutally. Uh, the allegation was he whistled at a white woman and the whole town went nuts. A lynch mob was formed. This apparently was the lady he was um, to, at whom he was whistling, Caroline Bryant. Now, here's something. She's still alive, it's believed. And somebody dug up an arrest warrant from 1955. Now, just about every legal expert or cop will tell you that the thing is totally unenforceable. But we have mobs showing up at various nursing homes where they suspect she is. This is in North Carolina, a whole big group of people <laughs> demanding to find this 89, 90-year-old woman. And then they go inside one of these nursing homes. Listen to this. She's the false accuser of Emmett Till, the one that said that Emmett Till had sexually assaulted her and got Emmett Till murdered. She lives in some We have this listed as her current address. That's correct. It's on the mailing address. Listed as her current address. Who listed it? It's all on the it's, it's online. So we're going to all stops to find her. So almost 70 years later, we got this posse looking for this woman. And there's some murkiness about this case and some things that aren't fully understood. But it didn't stop this group from pounding on the doors at a nursing home in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's Karen O'Brien. We have a warrant. What? Is Karen O'Brien here? Who? Carolyn Bryant. Done. No. No? Who is that? Is this 4812 who, according to, well, what report you read, you know, may have just been the victim of sexual harassment or, look, Emmett Till, a civil rights icon, what happened to him was absolutely horrible, but there is some murkiness surrounding this case. Here's a little footnote that uh, I was quite surprised to learn. Emmett Till's father died 10 years earlier. He was in the army, Louis Till, he was hanged after a court-martial. He, along with another soldier, were convicted of murdering a young Italian woman while he was on active duty in Italy. Actually, uh, Ezra Pound, the poet, wrote about this. And Till was hung yesterday for murder and rape with trimmings. Ezra Pound, the poet. Just uh, There's a lot in that case that folks don't know about. I'd like to know more. See about that. Hey, what could go wrong? An official ballot drop box just on the street, just sitting there. 
everything can go wrong. And they were just rendered essentially illegal by the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Stay with us. Now they tell us. So, Elon Musk, the deal to buy Twitter is not going forward. All kinds of hang-ups, all kinds of complications. Elon Musk, at least for now, will not own Twitter. And that's bad news, especially for us conservatives. Twitter, like it or not, drives so much of the conversation in our culture. You may not be on Twitter, but it's still important. The media, wherever you get your news from, it's influenced highly by Twitter. And the deck is stacked against conservatives. Remember what they did to Trump? Yanking him off of Twitter. He did nothing wrong. They yanked him off of Twitter right after he told everybody on January 6th to go home. Ooh, this is bad. I was so excited that Elon Musk was going to take over Twitter. This is bad news. All right. Hopefully something else happens. In the meantime, I guess we can go to Getter, a great alternative. And there's Truth Social. One of the problems with Twitter, it fomented so much hatred of police. Remember that crazy stuff, that crazy Black Lives Matter summer and everything that has come since? I mean, how else do you explain a group of people coming together and treating police like this? Chicago, get a mob. He just jumped on my car. Holy shit. Oh, he just popped my window. Police officers in Illinois, look at how they're treated. That's the inside of the police car, and they are under serious attack. And that whole mob of young men. How stupid, how ignorant are they? It's horrible. And that phone is responsible for a lot. Did you see how they were just trying to take pictures and trying to glorify this nonsense? Um, Wisconsin, all kinds of concerns we have about the last election. Now this, those drop boxes for ballots, it just was obvious that it didn't make sense, that it was susceptible to all kinds of fraud And now, at least in part, the Wisconsin State Supreme Court agrees. A new decision reads as follows. Let's go ahead and put it up on the screen, please. And the justices up there said under Wisconsin statutes, drop boxes are illegal because a voter must personally mail or deliver in person the voter's absentee ballot to the municipal clerk, not to an inanimate object. Okay, this would have been great two years ago, don't you think? Delivery in person to the municipal clerk does not mean, nor has it been historically understood to mean delivery to an unattended ballot drop box. Yeah, you think? The illegality of these drop boxes weakens the people's faith that the election produced an outcome reflective of their will. The Wisconsin voters are injured when the institution charged with administering Wisconsin elections does not follow the law. How about that? Where is this? 
We this is I'm sorry, we should have led with this. This just came to my attention a moment ago. That's a victory. Much more on this to come. And this should be happening in states all across the country. Thank you. Thank you to those justices in Wisconsin. We'll have more on this on Monday. Also, crime in New York City, across the country, but this is my hometown, so uh, it's up 31% uh, in June over last year, 31%. Now, here's what's kind of, it's almost amusing, because I knew our mayor, who wasn't mayor a year ago, was a joke. Now, he claimed to be this great big crime fighter. He's not. He doesn't know anything. He was a terrible cop. He wasn't good at being a cop. He hated other cops. And they saw him. He fooled everybody into thinking he was some sort of crime fighter. For 22 years, I wore a bulletproof vest and stood on the street corners and protected children and families in the city of New York. It was that combination of credibility when it comes to actually fighting crime, meaning he strapped on a bulletproof vest and a gun and went out in the streets every night, uh, along with real reform credentials. People always introduce me as a former police captain. I became a police officer. I understand crime, and I also understand police abuse. And I know how we can turn around not only New York, but America. Dealing with public safety. The fact that Eric Adams was a cop for 22 years really works very heavily in his favor. All right. He didn't know anything. And it shows. Can I see that number one more time? 31 percent over last year. All of his crime fighting. It is a joke. He didn't know anything. He doesn't know anything. I tried to tell the people this. He wasn't a cop. He was a rabble rouser. He went around making trouble. He hated the police department. He even admitted as much. And he would join forces with Al Sharpton complaining about Racism, And he was one of those guys who saw racism everywhere he went. There he is, just to the right of uh, Al Sharpton back in the 1990s, I think. Thanks a lot, Eric. You fooled a lot of people. You didn't fool me. All right, we've got this now. Have you heard about the bodega uh, worker in the Bronx who's just defending himself? The guy in the white T-shirt is about to attack him. Watch this. Damn, right? That's really harsh. A uh, man in the white shirt felt that his girlfriend had been disrespected by that clerk at the store. It looks like he could do who knows what. The man in the green shirt tries to get up, and he's attacked, and then he defends himself. Watch. He's had enough. He grabs a knife, and that man in the white T-shirt gets stabbed, and he later dies. Well, the community is rallying around Jose Alba, the man in the green shirt who was working in the bodega, who was attacked by a, uh, well, a career criminal. Now, we are outraged that he was actually put on Rikers Island for several nights. At one point, his bail was $250,000. It was thankfully lowered to $50,000. And he is back home in the community. I think we have uh, pictures of him uh, arriving at his house. Something of a hero's welcome. That was a bad situation, but a lot of us feel he had no choice and again, the guy who uh, started the fight, his name is Austin, has a rap sheet going way, way, way back and uh, served time in prison for assaulting a police officer. This is uh, Alvin Bragg's New York. You know, Chesa Boudin in San Francisco, the woke prosecutor. Well, we've got one of those here in New York, Alvin Bragg. He's rooting for the criminals, quite literally. And it's bad. There's a chance he could be fired if we get a Republican governor in Albany next year. All right. 
Next, Joe Biden tries to tear America just a little bit more apart on abortion. Be right back. You're looking at the aftermath of an attack, uh, an arson on the Wisconsin Family Action Facility in Madison, Wisconsin. This is a pro-life group helping women with crisis pregnancies. This happened back in May. Terrible, terrible situation there. Um, And it looks like the pressure is increasing on these pro-life facilities. We'd like to bring in Julaine Appling. She is the president of the Wisconsin Family Action uh, Facility for the past 25 years. Welcome back, Julaine. Good to see you again. Likewise, Greg. Thank you for the opportunity. Hey, by the way, how thrilled are you? I mean, you heard about the draft opinion, and uh, but when it actually came down and Roe v. Wade was <laughs> overturned, what were you? What were you thinking? What was your reaction? You know, I, Greg, I've prepared for this for twenty-five years, right? You know, I've thought, dreamed, hoped, and and prayed for it, and yet I sat there with tears streaming down my face, just saying, you know, thank you, God, for the opportunity uh, to save some babies and to help some women avoid the trauma of abortion. And finally, finally, we get bad law overturned and, and we quit we, we quit perpetuating bad law. You know, that's what this court did. And you know what, Greg, I, I applaud the courage of those five justices so much. Well, what's it like for you personally? I mean, we know the good news and we like that. But uh, before this decision came down, your facility there was essentially firebombed. We just looked at some footage of it. We'll take a quick look again. Uh, So a couple of things. Number one, did they catch the guys who are responsible? And number two, has the pressure increased now that it's official, now that Roe v. Wade is done? Because a lot of people, well, they're angry at people like you. Um, Yeah. And what you do? Well, Number one, no, they have not apprehended anyone. They have not taken any person in for questioning. I hear very little. I'm not trying to, to, to diss our local law enforcement, but I'm telling you that the ATF, the FBI, local law enforcement, the detective that's been assigned to our case through the Madison Police Department, we hear very, very little. And I said from the very beginning, the sooner you catch who's done this, the less likelihood we have of copycats and perpetuating this all across the country. And, and I'm, I'm not a prophet. But I was right on this because they haven't done any apprehension, taken in anyone into custody. This is continuing to happen. Yes, the tensions are rising. And, you know, when the court handed down that that decision, we knew that it was going to be it was going to get worse. It was going to get more tense. And and so we've had more of this continue. Um, I hope that they bring at least one of them. Greg, it doesn't have to be what happened to us, but it needs to happen to somebody that they find who is doing this and hold them accountable so we can stop it. Sure. Now, Elizabeth Warren, the senator from Massachusetts, is talking about organizations like yours, and she believes, well, let's hear what she had to say. These so-called crisis pregnancy centers outnumber genuine abortion clinics by three to one. They are giving it over to people who wish them harm, and that has to stop. Number one, uh, could you address that last part? I don't think you wish anybody harm, but that's uh, that's my sense. Would you, do you care to uh, respond? 
Well, sure. First to clarify, we're not a true pregnancy care center. We're a family policy organization that works on policy, but we work a lot with pregnancy care centers, especially through our Choose Life Wisconsin license plate program. I visit those places all the time. They are not about harming women. They are about helping women. They're providing real help, real hope, compassion, grace, mercy, and in so many practical ways that they are helping women. Um, Elizabeth Warren is wrong on so much. Um, at Frankly, Greg, she's telling lies. This is Those are lies of the highest order. And that will harm women more, way more, than, than the allegations she's making against these wonderful pregnancy care centers. Uh, so, okay, the pressure is increasing, um, but is business increasing? Are more women choosing this route than the other? Have you seen any change in the numbers? Well, from what I hear, when I was out very, you know, within the last month or so, I've been out with some of the pregnancy care centers, and they're telling me foot traffic through their facilities is increasing. And so what Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin shut down their facilities the day um, the Dobbs decision came down on June 24th. Uh, They they obviously thought our 1849 ban was enforceable, contrary to our attorney general. So um, fortunately, um, they shut down. So that has led to, an, I think, right there, to an uptick in the number of women who are seeking these uh, pregnancy care centers. Look, they are always, they've always been, and they'll continue to be, the very best ground game in the pro-life movement, bar none. Final question. How did you personally get involved in this? Why did you choose this kind of work? Well, I grew up in a very political family. I mean, I was putting yard signs in and handing out campaign literature when I was very young. And the opportunity came to me about 25 years ago to get involved with one of these organizations, Wisconsin Family Council. And I took the plunge. And here we are. I, you know, I kind of pinch myself every day and say, I really get to do this. I really get to be involved in this work that is meaningful. Meaning, and so much bigger than we are, and as an, I am as an individual, and we are as an organization. I am blessed every day to do this work. Well, that's uh, that's beautiful. That really is, Julaine. Thank you so much. Be safe up there. And if folks want more information, they can go to WisconsinFamilyCouncil.org. Wisconsin's abbreviated WI. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. You bet. You bet. To be continued, and we'll be right back. Brett Kavanaugh out for a stake, hassled by a bunch of pro-abortion activists. We'll be right back. See this big mob in front of Justice Kavanaugh's house? We believe this is illegal, actually, and it's, uh, well, it continues for Justice Kavanaugh. The other night he was out at Morton's Steakhouse in the D.C. area, and more pro-abortion nut jobs started hassling him over dinner. The situation is getting out of control. Now, Mike Davis is actually a friend of Justice Kavanaugh's. He's an attorney. He clerked for Justice Neil Gorsuch back when he was on the appellate court. And he is the founder and president of the Article 3 Project, a group that advocates for conservative constitutionalist judges. Mike Davis, welcome to Newsmax. A pleasure to have you, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. and Thank you for having me. You bet. And how is uh, how's Justice Gorsuch and how's Justice Kavanaugh? The pressure is uh, incredible. How are these guys holding up? 
um, they're going to be fine. And I think people who think that you're going to intimidate, threaten and intimidate Supreme Court justices to change their vote on pending cases just learn the hard way that's not going to happen. And if people think that they're going to uh, that they're going to make threats, including physical threats against these justices, they're either going to end up in prison or dead. So I think they need to cool it. All right. Now, we can you help us with this? Because you are a top flight attorney. Can I put up the law, the federal statute that says you can't protest outside of a justice's home? I believe we have that. Let's go ahead and put it on the screen. According to 18 U.S. Code 1507, anyone with the intent of interfering with, obstructing or impeding the administration of justice or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness or court officer. It continues. I hope uh, maybe not. Uh Anyway, it says you can't be outside the guy's house, and clearly they are. How is that not breaking the law? It is absolutely breaking the law. 18 U.S.C. 1507 is federal obstruction of justice to try to influence or threaten or intimidate judges outside of their homes related to cases. And this is what the Klan used to do to judges. And it is disgraceful. It is a total dereliction of duty for Attorney General Merrick Garland to give amnesty to these people for the White House, the Biden White House, to cheer on these protests from the White House podium. They have allowed these left-wing abortion activists to terrorize Catholic churches, to terrorize pro-life pregnancy centers, to terrorize federal judges in their homes. This is a dangerous game they're playing We saw in 2020 that Judge Esther Salas, a Democrat-appointed federal judge in New Jersey, had her 20-year-old son Daniel murdered and her husband Mark seriously wounded by these lunatics who show up to federal judges' homes. This is unacceptable that the Biden... Uh, the Biden Justice Department is allowing this to happen. And when Republicans take over the House in January, they need to impeach Merrick Garland for this. You know what's amazing? Uh, The good people at Morton Steakhouse have spoken out more powerfully, uh, more eloquently than the president of the United States, who seems to be giving these guys a pass. This is from Morton Steakhouse. Full screen number one, please, if you have it. Honorable Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh and all other patrons at the restaurant were unduly harassed by unruly protesters while eating dinner at our Morton's restaurant. Politics, regardless of your side or views, should not trample the freedom at play of the right to congregate and eat dinner Uh, There is a time and a place for everything. Disturbing the dinner of all of our customers was an act of selfishness and devoid of decency. I mean, that's from a restaurant. And you know what? Good for them, because the gobbledygook that's coming out of the White House is just that gobbledygook. It's almost like they want some of this stuff to happen. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's I don't know what else you can say when they're all look. The, the attorney general sick the FBI after every grandma and goofball who trespassed and took selfies on the Senate floor on January 6th. They sick the FBI after parents protesting at public school board meetings in Loudoun County, Virginia. They sued Arizona for checking citizenship of new voters after they flooded uh, America with all these illegal economic immigrants. But they can't be bothered to protect Supreme Court justices and their families and their homes. This is the same Justice Department just Uh, back in March, who arrested and indicted nine people for protesting at a D.C. abortion clinic, yet they're letting churches and pro-life pregnancy centers get firebombed and 
and uh, and vandalized. This is those are federal crimes, but the Biden Justice Department, Merrick Garland's only prosecuting crimes based upon their 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 policy, their political views and their political outcomes. And remember, a guy was arrested right outside of Kavanaugh's house with a bag full of weapons, and he had every intent, it looks like, to kidnap and or kill Justice Kavanaugh. Well, listen, if you see the justices, please, we're thinking about them. We're even praying for them. Yeah, I know some people, and I'll make a point of it. Thank you very much. Uh, good to see you, sir. Mike Davis, check out the Article 3 Project, article3project.org. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Greg. All right, we'll be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. Wow! A Trump rally covered live here on Newsmax tomorrow night. He's going to be in Alaska. These rallies are awesome. Uh, 7 p.m. tomorrow night. So enjoy it. Uh, I tell you, if you watch these things for their entirety, you learn and see so much. Highly recommended. Folks.